Today is Sunday, April 1st, 2018, and uh, it's April Fool's Day, and it's Easter, which is unusual, but it's also a very special day. Today is my son's 16th birthday. He is 16 today, and that's a really wonderful and incredible and remarkable thing to me. I cannot believe it has been 16 years since he was born. I remember the day he was born and how wonderful it was. I woke up in labor a week before he was due. He was not due on April 1st. He was due April 4th or sometime after. And, um, I woke up and I knew I was in labor and I told Mike, we've got to get to the hospital and my contractions were very close together and we jumped in the car and we had our daughter with us. It was very early in the morning. We got her out of bed. She was in her powder puff girls nightgown and we put her in the car and drove to Seton Northwest Hospital in Austin, Texas. And uh, when we got there, Mike dropped me off at the door of the emergency room so that he could go and park the car because you couldn't park um, there at the, at the emergency entrance. And I walked in the door and I was having a very hard time standing up straight because I was in labor and it was it was extremely painful. I could not believe the pain. In fact, on the way to the hospital, I said to Mike, I can't believe that I'm conscious for this amount of pain. I said, I can't believe I don't lose consciousness. The pain is so terrible of childbirth that you can't believe that you are capable of feeling that much pain. I remember thinking why am I even conscious for this? It was so bad. It was the worst pain ever. You feel like your back is breaking. You really feel like your back is breaking. You feel like um, an elephant is stepping on the middle of your back. That's how it really feels. It's incredible. It's incredible. Anyway, we got to the hospital and I walked in and there was a line actually of people I don't know, 10 or 11 people in line at the, in the emergency room. And I was doubled over holding my stomach and everyone in the line saw me like that. And they stepped aside, they stepped aside and I went to the front of the line and I said, I'm in labor and uh, my baby is coming. And they said, okay, well, do you know where labor and delivery is? And I said, yes, I do actually. Um, Cause I had toured the hospital uh, earlier and actually met one of the nurses named Ed. I can't remember his last name now, but anyway, uh, they said, well, do you need a wheelchair? Do you need us to take us, take you up there? And I said, no, I'll, I'll get in the elevator and I'll, I'll walk up. And they said, okay, we'll let them know you're coming because I knew that it was important to keep moving and walking because I had learned that in my Le Mans class. So, and from my doctor who said, you know, keep moving around. And so I got in the elevator and I rode it up to whatever floor it was on. I don't know, third or fourth or fifth floor. 
and I got up there to the labor and delivery area uh, where I could check in. And you know, what's funny about labor is this, when you're not having a contraction, you're like completely normal. You're, you, you feel fine. You feel like excited and giddy and you know you're having labor. But then when a contraction hits you, you are like screaming and writhing in pain and you just, you just want the pain to stop. You just want to do whatever you can and like you become this other person it almost feels like a demon inside of you trying to get out. And so when, when you're standing there talking to them, when you're not having a contraction, you're just speaking normally. And it's, it's almost like you're faking, like it's hard to believe you're in labor. And then all of a sudden you're hit with a contraction and you can't speak. You cannot talk you, you're like, fuck you, everybody around me. I can't fucking talk right now because I'm in terrible pain and everybody just needs to do whatever it takes to get me out of this pain. That's how you feel. So they got me into a room and then Mike and Tori, uh, eventually got up to the room and it was a huge birthing room, a large room with a TV and a sofa and a rocking chair and a bed and all this stuff. And the nurse said, okay, well, we want you to put on this, this gown, this hospital gown, and then someone will be in to check you. And I said, this baby is coming. This baby is coming. I could, I could already feel the burn that you get like you're like you're sitting on top of a barbecue grill <laughs> it's a burn and i was already having that burn and i knew that okay this this baby is coming and there's not really much time to wait so then um i got the gown on and tori was on the little sofa in the labor room and mike was being attentive to me and i was waiting to be checked. Well, the nurse, a nurse came in and checked me and said, wow, you're already very dilated, you know, three or four centimeters. And if we're going to do, um, an epidural, we need to do that very quickly because the window is going to pass that you can have an epidural. And so then the anesthesiologist came in and, um, I had requested something called a walking epidural which is the lightest, least amount of uh, painkiller, reliever, number, whatever you call it, that you can have. I wanted to still be able to feel my legs and move around and walk if I needed to. So I had what's called a walking epidural. And um, I leaned forward in the bed and they put a needle into your back that Mike said that he saw and didn't want to talk about. It was awful, but the needle goes into your spine. Anyway, had that and it was quick and it was not difficult. And I knew, uh, um, I had the sensation to push that the baby was coming and, and this was all happening very quickly. We had only been to the hospital about 30 to 40 minutes and, um, I was in the bed laying down and the nurse came in, Ed, uh, a male nurse. And he said, you know, are you okay? And how do you feel? And you know, you're pretty dilated. This is going to happen quick. I'm, I'm going to call, you know, the doctor and let him know that you are close 
to giving birth. And I said, can I get up on my feet and squat in the bed? I said, I feel like I need to squat. And he said, sure. If that's what you feel like you want to do, I think you should do that. So in the hospital bed, I got into a squatting position and had the incredible sensation to push. And so I started to do that. And then Ed, the nurse, said, oh, my God, I can see the baby's head. Uh, It's crowning. Don't push. Let me get the doctor here. Don't push. Well, you can't say don't push when the baby is right there because the all everything my body was telling me to do was to push and so um the nurse told Mike all right put your hand right here and hold the baby in place which was in the birth canal and he told Mike just put your head here literally on top of the baby's head I'm getting the doctor and then he went to call the doctor. He was on the phone in the room and all I did was give a little push and my son came right out. The baby came right out. It was so fast. There was no episiotomy, if you know what that means. There was nothing. The baby came out and Mike had our son in his hands and the nurse said, oh my God. And he, um, went sprang right into action and um had said I called the doctor I called the doctor and the thing is about our son he was not crying and he was not breathing and he was turning blue and that scared me a lot and Ed put scissors in Mike's hand and said cut the cord cut the cord and all I wanted was to hear my baby cry That's all I cared about. I did not care about anything else. You know, cut the cord, whatever. There's no ceremonial bullshit to be had right now. My child is turning. He was very blue. He was pale and he was blue. So Mike cut the cord. And the nurse then took the baby quickly over to a little table and began suctioning out my son's nose and throat and um, getting all the fluid. He said the lungs and the nose and throat are full of fluid. And he was suctioning all of that out. I could hear it. And I was becoming very concerned. Um, I became, uh, I started to panic. And then uh, the doctor came in and went right to the baby. And they were working on him. It seemed like an eternity. I'm sure it was mere moments. I'm sure it was just minutes. And then I heard the baby cry and scream. And it was it was like any mother would say, the sweetest sound to hear the baby breathing and screaming. And that's all you wanted to hear. And then all his color came and he was bright red and pink and screaming and I could not believe how big this baby was I could not believe how big this baby was he was huge and he was kicking he was so big he did not look like a newborn 
he was just under eight pounds. Um, I think he was seven pounds. I don't know, like 14 ounces. He was, he was just under eight pounds and screaming and kicking. And it was so great. And I felt so good. I felt so good. And then, uh, my doctor said, boy, I hate it when this happens, you know, when I don't make it. And I told the doctor, it's okay. I won't tell the insurance company. And everybody laughed. And, um, then Dr. Garza was his name. He left the room and he was off duty. And another doctor came in named Lisa Jukes. And she said to me, um, I'm going to examine you. And she did. And she said that there was some damage that had been done because uh, there was no episiotomy. And my son was born so quickly that there was some, a little bit of physical damage. And she said, I'm going to fix that. And she did. And she did some stitches. I had many stitches uh, internally and many externally. To repair the damage that had been done. And uh, Tori was in the room when our son was born. And I remember she pointed at his boy parts and said, What is that? What is that? Because he did not look like she did. And I don't know why, but when a little boy is born, the genitalia is a little swollen and red and she noticed it. Of course she noticed it, like a normal observation. She was three years old. And we said, that's a boy. That's a boy, Tori. That's your brother. That's a boy. He looks different than you do. And then I held my son next to me, and um, it was great. And he was born, and his name was Michael. And he was perfect. You know, you look at their little hands and their little fingernails. He had little tiny fingernails that were perfect. They were just miniature. And he had little toes, perfect little toes. And he had knees and a chin and he had hair. And um, he was blonde, which is funny because I have dark hair and Mike has dark hair. But many of the people in my family are blonde. And boy, he was blonde. He had, he had blonde hair. And, uh, but he looked just like Mike. And he was cute as can be. And he was a sweet baby. And um, I held him and did not let go. And I felt so good after having him. I, I had him 45 minutes after getting to the hospital that I was, I was famished. I was ravenously hungry. And... Um, Mike went across the street because we had missed breakfast or maybe, maybe I had hospital breakfast and I was still hungry, but he went across the street to Einstein bagels and he got me some bagels and, um, we ate and I was ready to go home. I actually said, can I go home? I felt so good. And they said, well, you can't go home, um, until you've had a bowel movement and urinated which I had not done yet. They said, you can't go home until you do that. They have to know that your body is functioning. And they said, um, you know, your insurance will pay for a night in the hospital. And so 
I said, well, okay, I guess we're going to spend the night. So me and Mike and Tori and Michael spent the night in the hotel room and Mike slept in the chair next to the bed and um, held his son and uh, Tori slept on the sofa and there we stayed in the hospital room and uh, the next day I went home the next day I went home and it was it was really wonderful uh, that was the story of my son being born and we got home and I guess Mike had coordinated with the neighbor. I don't know what happened or how this happened, but we got home and there was a sign in the yard and a big sign on the garage that said, it's a boy and congratulations. And we brought our son home to 1522 Laurel Oak Loop, Round Rock, Texas. And that's where we brought we brought him home. So this morning I got up very early and I got two dozen donuts and I took them out to Mike's where our son MD had spent the night and he had a big bonfire last night with his friend Morgan and they stayed up until 3:30. Anyway, I got over there about 9 and woke up my son and he got up and had some donuts and for his birthday, his dad got him a really nice backpack that our son wanted, and I got him um, a huge Sony speaker. I went to Best Buy and got this speaker because our son loves music, and it's this huge portable speaker, and it has this bass woofer thing, I guess you call it, and uh, it's loud, and it's got like this neon light and the strobe light and you you download an app to your phone and it's all bluetooth and my son said wow this is badass he really actually liked the gift I got him and I don't remember him being so excited over a birthday gift in a very long time um, and he's already blown the electrical circuit twice today <laughs> using it and um I've got a cake right here for him, a chocolate cake right now that I'm taking home because uh, he's there working on homework and I'm going to take this cake in and I'm going to sing to him whether he likes it or not. I'm going to sing happy birthday uh, to my son. He did not want to have a birthday party. He did not want to make a big deal out of it. I kept telling him, this is a big deal. This is 16. It's a big deal. And he said, well, it's a big deal to you. You can celebrate. I don't want to celebrate. It's kind of weird that he doesn't want to celebrate, but oh well, um, I do. I think it's a wonderful thing to turn 16. On my 16th birthday, I woke up and ran out the door and got my driver's license on my 16th birthday. And it was such a cool thing because I already had a car and um, I could drive and it was wonderful. I was driving age 16 very cool anyway today's uh april fool's day i haven't played any april fool's jokes on anyone i probably should april fool's day and um my son's birthday and easter this is the first time in 19 years that i have not been with my daughter on easter but she is in college station texas 
Uh, she wanted to be with her church people all day today. Mike told me that she played cello um, at her church, and I did not get to see her, and I did not get to hear from her. And I'll talk more about that tomorrow. Right now, it's all about my son. This is a special day for him. <laughs>